little high, little low, across the four corners of the globe. Ricky Mazzella here for two, if by sea. The talk show of viewpoint, in this case of a certain ideology. And there's a first and foremost principle that I encourage with anyone who is inclined to such type of conversation with myself, that is to say that the ideologies are not being forced upon anyone, as should be true of any mindset in all walks of life. Unfortunately, uh, there is so much negativity in regard to that, and that's actually what we'll be discussing on today's mini-sode, if we can call it that. And that's all this program really is, is going to be mini-sodes. Nothing too extravagantly long, but something that I want to make so that it's not an overload, but also so that way nobody gets too worked up, because a lot of this stuff gets people worked up, whether we want it to or not. And while that's not the specific point I was intending to get to with today's subject, uh, that certainly could be tied into it depending on how it's perceived. And as such, I look forward to hopefully um, providing some insight on at least how I perceive my point of view. Not that I do, but the manner in which I have been, in some cases, led to believe so. And that first does not go without saying that I'm a first-generation Macedonian-American and second-generation Polish-American and certainly have a lot of the old-world values from three of my four grandparents. And fortunately, I was able to know two of my great-grandparents, albeit very briefly, but enough that I could actually remember having significant interactions with them, and there was at least uh, one other great-grandparent that I'm aware of that was alive that was actually planning to come here, and which would have been a big deal for a Macedonian member of my family to come here, considering the significant increase in expense that that takes as a former Yugoslav nation. And so that does not get lost on anything that the culture of such a republic now instills where, while it was true before the breakup of Yugoslavia, it's especially true now, where everybody has that unity in your family. Everybody, in one sense of Slavic people, they're generally based on whether you're from northeastern Europe or southeastern Europe, as far as the Slavic and the eastern states in Europe are concerned. The Poles, in general, are very jovial people. True Poles, of course. Um, and then those who have come to the U.S. are Americans, you know, and that gets dispersed so many different ways. And then Southern Slavs, though generally uh, relatively serious, probably because of the misery that they endured through being the powder keg of Europe, essentially. And so 
you know, they're always under threat of something happening, usually not for the better. So, but but if there's one thing, they are very tight when it comes to family and, and to a lesser extent, but still a significant amount with their friends. And my mom's family talk, you know, especially with now how easy it is. Okay, yeah, they were doing it before because we've had phones for a long time, but, you know, especially now with being able to FaceTime and such, although we, our family doesn't specifically do that, but the Macedonian side certainly talks at least every other week in some fashion, and not necessarily everybody on the same weekend, but still, it it's very much shaped my ideology and my viewpoints on, on various things, and I, th I think it'll be fair to say, um, you know, while I may be registered to vote a certain way part of this, as a part of this ideology, it is not necessarily exactly how I view myself, which is as a classically fiscal libertarian. And the big idea is, is that with libertarianism and with statism, it's not to say necessarily that you do lean towards left or right, especially if we're talking north and south, on a diamond matrix. So basically a diamond matrix, and, and if you can take either of these tests yourself, the easier one to take is a 10-question quiz, and basically, and, and I'll have links to those in the description, it's through the advocates, and basically you answer five questions on personal issues and five questions on economic issues, and depending on how you answer them, uh, you get scored a, out of 100 on both topics, so, but you don't total the score necessarily. You do to an extent, but instead you pinpoint plot it on the graph, but the big idea is, is that uh, it's a great way for beginners who are maybe not political people and you know I'm trying not to be overly forceful but I'm trying to hope that I could get people to understand a if you would happen to disagree with anything that I say why these perceptions are such and if you do agree to better understand how our cooperation or lack thereof may impact how the other side, the opposite, the opposing argument, agrees or disagrees. Usually disagrees, but sometimes there will be that cross where everybody agrees on something because no two people will ever perfectly belong to one side or another. That's just how things are. There are too many different things that have become politicized, especially in the recent history that, you know, you, you, you can't possibly. But as for the second one, the second one is actually a 170-ish question survey. And basically what it does is it aligns you with candidates that you should vote for for president specifically. I don't know if they're planning on doing anything further than that, but anytime there's a new topic, they're pretty quick 
to get those questions on there. So I haven't taken it since uh, COVID-19 has come out, but I took it two days after the Gaddafi thing. And or I'm sorry, wrong, wrong, uh, wrong person, Soleimani. And uh, two days after the Soleimani strike, they had the question on there already. So usually they update it as it pertains to whatever's going on in current issues as well as things that you would expect to be asked anyway. So I'll have both of those links in there. Now, one of the things that really drives me crazy is the idea that people can get so hostile when it comes to differing viewpoints. So, as such, I really just, I want to be able to understand why there needs to be such hostility. Which is to say, the anger, and the name-calling, and the blame-gamedness that usually occurs on the left. Now, both sides are guilty of it, but I've happened to notice that it's more on the left than the right. Now, at the end of the day, when we think about this, we, as a human race, basically all of us want the same three basic things. Number one, that us as individuals, we all live long, happy, and healthy lives. Number two, if we're going to have children, that our children are better off than we are. And thirdly, that at the end of the day, we all can just get along. That way we can live our lives, and if we die, it's because of natural causes or hopefully not something like cancer, but non-combative means, right? So, in that case, even for the things that we as a human race do compete for, food, water, and shelter. Now, some of it could be made a case that it's caused because of certain things politically, and that's a different story, but for the most part, relatively, even if those things didn't exist, I think you would still have some of those same um, classifications of people whether it's socioeconomic, whatever. And so basically, water, we're not really competing for drink because as dirty as some areas of water are, which is probably true, I think for the most part we can say that naturally it is relatively clean. And on top of that, the rest of what we do sanitize and, you know, thank probably the greatest man-made uh, invention of all time, that being modern plumbing, thanks to ancient Rome. And it's that development that 
at the end of the day, you know, is the reason why most of us don't get sick and don't get cholera and the plague and everything else that is horrible and can be spread through unsanitary drinking means. Food, most of us, that's assuming that even if you do have people who are either homeless and or can't afford meals will take what they can get, which is probably true, but that can happen to anybody at any time because of how society is, right? If somebody made modest means, all of a sudden, all their monetary worth, whether it's in the stock market, whether it's in a business, something else, you know, if they somehow lose all that, then, you know, they're going to get to that point too. And likewise, you know, we see all the time these random videos of people giving just tens of thousands of dollars away at a time or more or, or less, but still getting a decent sum of money. And, you know, all of a sudden, you know, they can live a little bit comfortably, provided that they're spending it adequately, right? And not going crazy. So, but as such, assuming that regardless of that possibility, we're not really competing for the same foods because all of us, based on where we live, aren't going to have the same stuff. So, it's not like you and I, unless maybe we're of Cameroonian descent, are going to be eating couscous and fufu and moimoy over the course of once a week, unless we're not Central African, right? Or, or Western African. As opposed to not having other traditional dishes of the Slavic countries, whether we're talking pierogi, you know, of course, some things come to other places. So between the North and Eastern European countries and maybe the U.S., you're not going to be seeing people necessarily have the exact same thing because, of course, the Chinese have their dumplings and everything may not be the exact same, but some things can be modified, of course, and then they become something completely different just by changing one ingredient. But it's all in perception, too, right? So, But in theory, we're not really competing too much for food. And if it were at a larger scale, maybe that's not true anymore. But so far as the general populace of the world, probably not. And then shelter. As we can see, for those who don't have a home, you can find a way to do so. Or, if you're out in the wilderness living off the land, same thing. You know, you can find shelter. There's always a way to find shelter. It's a matter of, is it already built? Or do you have to do it yourself? So there, there's always in some form of shelter. Now, whether it's good or not, of course, as far as stabilities and such, okay, whatever. But you work with it, right? So in that case, you can't say that it's negative. So understanding that we're not really fighting for the three necessities of food, water, and shelter on top of not competing for wanting to 
live a long, happy, and healthy life, and also wanting better for our children when we leave this earth, yet we're still so hostile. American society especially, for one reason or another. So you have to take into consideration it's probably a political reason in one fashion or another because usually anything that's not politically enraging usually goes away quickly and even with with the only other exception of sports where if we love a team and we hate another team so much for whatever reason it's not nearly to the same degree in most if not all cases as it is to politics now usually when we get to the name-calling part of the rage it's because the argument's been lost and there's no defense to it so it's deflecting going to name-calling and of course, in today's society, where that same side, usually, who is typically enraged even further, because everything is based on feeling and not thought, it, it just goes to show that it's very difficult not to intertwine anything with politics, unfortunately. And I can tell you, there's plenty of times where I've gotten name-called, doesn't bother me any. There are plenty of times where people have try tried to get me riled up, and I still talk in the same manner that I'm talking to you now, very calmly. And, you know, people have problems with that because they feel that you're not being engaged in putting up a fight the way that people perceive verbal arguments or disagreements to be. But that's not how anything should ever work especially politics because if that's the case how do we get anything done on Washington we can't so with that understanding there's something uh, that I'm gonna take an, an excerpt here from and it's from the new Boston Post called the diseducation of well, undoing the diseducation of Millennials and I'm only gonna read a small part of it here but and we'll we'll revisit this on a future episode possibly even the next episode this is from November 9th of 2017 by a gentleman named Adam J McLeod and he says the following and this is just the later part it goes to say quote so when you say that we should have diversity and equality you are saying that we should have difference and sameness. That is incoherent by itself, and is two things cannot be different and the same at the same time in the same way. End quote. And which which is actually quite good, because one of the things that bothers me most is when somebody tries to discuss race and then subsequently get me involved when I stay away from it, not because I'm uncomfortable with the subject, but... I know that even if I'm not saying anything wrong, somebody will find a way to say that I'm being insensitive to the issue. So, 
instead of wasting my time trying to make the argument, even if I'm right, I shy away from it completely because it's not worth getting bent out of shape over. And, you know, I don't reference him, and I'm talking about a specific person, but there's a group within this person's uh, circles that would also be potentially included in this. And this is my broadcast partner from college who lives in Boston, Massachusetts. And him, among many others of his demographic, which is black, him specifically African-American, but he's also a first-generation person, so he's less black and more African-American as we understand personality traits. Um, but that doesn't take away from the fact that he could still potentially be um, disliked and or hated by someone just because he's black, right? So that that's still a possibility. But in any case, if there's something that I'm curious of, I will usually refer to him first, say, hey, could this be perceived as racist or whatever? Or uh, what is your opinion on this so that I can better, you know, because I'm trying to learn to be, to continue being a, a, a good person, right? It's not, but at the same time, you know, the fact that he and I, outside of our radio program, became best friends in college, it's like, you know, that, and, and then on top of it, for me to be, you know, considered racist, sexist, whatever, because I probably have more close female friends and male friends that I'm not in a relationship with or anything like that, don't intend to, but, like, when you have that going for you, one simply cannot be, insert label here, and, you know, I like I say, I do my best to, to get on this, and it's important to note, because... We can't simply put these labels on when we don't know other people's experiences. That's the other thing, you know? Like, okay, yes, you may not know even if you're immersed in that culture every single thing. Nobody's asking anybody on any single subject ever to know every, to be an expert. But knowing that it's such a powder keg issue, hot-button issue, you know... It, I do try to do my homework. I mean, I can't be perfect all the time. I'm not expecting to be perfect all the time. I'm not trying to be. Because I know that that was, would be an inachievable goal. I can be as close to it as I possibly can, hopefully. And that's, you know, all you can hope for, right? But still, it's, it's something that needs to be considered. I'm going to continue with the, quote, the brief quotation from here. Uh, Quote, furthermore, diversity and equality are not the most important values. In fact, neither diversity nor equality is valuable at all in its own right. Some diversity is bad. For example, if slaver slavery is inherently wrong, as I suspect we all think it is, then a diversity of views about the morality of slavery is worse than the complete agreement that slavery is wrong. End quote. So that, you know, is... A fair statement, I would think. And it, it kind of goes back to what I was just saying, but it also understands that 
for the people that are afraid to talk about it is why some of that type of culture still exists where we have people who are at truly ignorant and not understanding that, you know, it's not, it, it, it's all about what you put into it. And like I say, if I'm putting into the conversation or trying to be uh, constructive in my understanding and also giving of information is why I perceive as such, because I'll, you know, I'll go to my friend slash circle of those folks that just happen to be friends more with him than the rest. Not that I'm not with the rest, but but to, to the idea that there are ways to sit down and, of course, listening is a big component of it, right? There's hearing and then there's listening. I'm here, I'll hear is something that I heard first used by a business professor of mine at Springfield. His name was Bob Lucier, Dr. Bob Lucier. And while that's true, because even if you're not necessarily listening, sometimes if you hear it again or hear it often enough, it will eventually register, as opposed to listening means you're actually engaged in the content and subsequently even more information you'll retain. But Let's continue on with this quote, this little last of it, and, you know, it discusses both equality and then he goes on to discuss, because he, he teaches a, a class, I forget uh, where offhand without looking at the uh, article, I believe. Uh, I'm. It doesn't actually say, but he, he has a Foundations of, of Law course for first-year students, uh, which has a link, and it's at the James G. Martin Center, it looks like, um, which seems to be an academy university of some sort. But the idea basically uh, goes as follows, quote, similarly, equality is not to be desired for its own sake. Nobody is equal in all respects. We are all different, which is to say that we are all not the same, which is to say that we are unequal in many ways. And that is generally a good thing, but is not always a good thing, quote, rather, parentheses, see the previous remarks about diversity, and parentheses. Related to this, you do not know what the word fair means, end quote. He's now addressing the students as far as what their previous knowledges and conceptions were compared to what they'll learn over the course of the semester. Uh, continue, quote, It does not just mean equality, nor does it mean something you do not like. For now, you will have to take my word for this, but we will examine fairness from time to time throughout this semester. End quote. And I'm going to stop there. But basically, from there, I'll give you a summarized version, and I'll, like I said, I do plan to revisit it later. He talks about you need to understand all of the concepts of what you think and actually go based on fact. And that's not to specify scientific or from other types of facts, right? Because scientific fact is not the only type of fact. Could be statistical. Could be, now, of course, you know, as we've seen with various things, to each their own interpretation. Just because somebody's taking the class doesn't mean that they're still going to agree with what the professor said. There's a whole lot of things, you know, because we're still influenced by parents. We're still influenced by other adults that we value their opinions. And so 
because we have this overload of information is why we get selective in what we all perceive. And that's probably true of myself as well. But to consider that with this informational overload, sometimes we just ignore it completely and then go on this feeling trend, as seems to be the case with my millennial generation specifically. So, but to, to the idea that there's, in this hatred, there is an opportunity to, once it's been released, not go back to it. Because it's no different than when you're dealing with a lot of stress and dealing with a lot of emotion and you just want to have some form of release, right? So, for that, you know, sometimes if you get it off your chest, you'll be a lot better. But depending on how deep-rooted you are in some of your ideologies, I mean, I'm pretty deep-rooted, but I tend to think that I have great control over my emotion in that regard. So I probably am an exception to the rule, but it's not for lack of knowing that it is possible. And a lot of people think that it's not possible. So take that for what you will. Yet I would like to hope and pray that there are more people like myself out there from a perspective of having an extreme amount of patience, which for most things I do. But of course, you know, I'm not completely patient. I, there's some things you need to be reasonably patient. And then after a certain period of time, you know, depending on if it involves something that is interactional, but I, uh, and, and not from necessarily from a, how I believe politically, but just, or, or even just ideologically, but for being able to be civil. And, and that's one of the, the biggest things is civility. And on top of civility, you know, this Foundations of Law course that uh, Mr. Professor, this Professor McLeod is responsible for, he is basically teaching a quasi-civics class, which we don't see in high schools really anymore, barring the odd school that might actually have it. But in the event that there are students that get to see this, that's not to say that they won't still develop certain ideologies that might go against what they were taught in their civics classes, but it's important to know how the government works, because then we won't have false narratives of, well, we do or don't need the electoral college, or there's so many different things that people perceive are important or rather not important depending on what it is specifically right that as it pertains to our government and like i said it's not about who's right and wrong it's about understanding first the process and the ideologies when i say ideologies i mean the ones that are addressed in this article the it, the various isms and you know specific policy that we come across both in our country and in other countries. So that has to be important. And I know I've, I've spent a decent amount of time on this particular episode, but being an introductory 
introductory episode, I wanted to uh, elaborate a little bit here. So, but we can't overlook that, yes, you know, sometimes it's impossible to separate feeling from something, but also we need to be within reason, right? Um, or, or at least you can have the feeling, just don't necessarily show it when it's not appropriate or when it's in, like I said, a hostile manner, manner. And there's, there's just, there's such an opportunity to get back to where we were. But a lot of things, from my perspective, would need to change for that to happen. Will those changes ever happen? Probably not in the near future if it does, because there's always a cyclical change. Because once a new generation is born that doesn't know about how something is, and then they're introduced to that philosophy, and, oh, this is great, and then they'll find out that it works or doesn't work, and then... The generation who don't know about what's happening now, if it passes, when it passes, same thing. They will think, oh, what we're going through now is terrible. What? And they're introduced to this pre-existing thing that no longer is relevant in their society. They'll say, oh, well, this is great. And it's just a cyclical process. I mean... There's, of course, multiple ideologies, so instead of going back and forth, like with, with Democrat-Republican as far as policymaking there, right? But when we're talking about the wider span of a platform, right? Even platforms can vary from degree to degree. So just things to, to consider as we open up 2FYC. I am Ricky Mazzella. I am grateful for your company in this whole regard and looking forward to much more gentler conversations i'm no fdr but i'm hoping that there was a type of fireside chatness for your enjoyment and such an enjoyment certainly is not unfounded on my part as far as wanting to be docile but still combative when necessary to certain ideologies, generally of the kind which I don't agree with, but sometimes with some I agree with based on specific nuances that probably are minute and irrelevant, but sometimes they do need to be focused on. Anyway, glad to have you. Hopefully we'll have you again very soon. This is Two If By Sea on Spotify and Anchor.fm, available wherever you get your audio.